This program is sponsored by Proponacy, where I'm the president and CEO. Proponacy is the Greek word for coaching. We provide SaaS technology to centers like yours. Most contact centers struggle with their people, whether it be overcoming monotony, attrition, or getting superior performance. Our solution makes it easier and cost-effective to get even more than you could possibly have expected from your front line. The result is loyal customers, engaged employees, and winning, provable, profitable results. You can reach us at Proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the Contact Center Coach. There was a movie that came out a couple of years ago titled Trouble with the Curve. And in the movie, Clint Eastwood played a baseball scout. It also had Amy Adams and, believe it or not, Justin Timberlake in the movie. And Justin Timberlake actually was a pretty good actor in the movie. Anyway, it's the story of Clint Eastwood as a baseball scout. And early in the movie, there's a scene where he is scouting a high school baseball team. And he's scouting a particular star a player who's going to be drafted and he's really marvelous and wonderful and he thinks he's really marvelous and wonderful and everybody's at the game watching him play and it gets towards the end of the game and he's one batter away from being up which means he's one batter away from being able to be the star of the game in the last inning but there's a guy that gets up in front of him who's not a very good baseball player at all and so the star leans into him and whispers and says you need to take one for the team which meant that he needed to lean in and get hit by the pitch from the pitcher so that he could get on first base so that the star could make sure that he got up one final time. And, of course, the kid is scared to death, but he leans in, gets hit by the pitch, goes to first base, and then this star player gets up and hits a home run. And and it's a really inconsequential part of the movie, but, but the concept of taking one for the team really struck home with me. When I was in high school, my favorite sport was baseball, and I was actually pretty good at it for a while. When I was a freshman, I started at shortstop and played shortstop for three quarters of the the season. At the three-quarter mark, I went in and told the coach that I didn't want to start at shortstop anymore. I wanted to start in center field. He proceeded to sit me on the bench, so I spent three quarters of the year as a starting shortstop, and then the last 25% of the year sitting on the bench. And this is significant because when I was a sophomore, I started playing junior varsity for just a couple of games. And then I got called up to varsity, uh, got to start playing varsity and, and played really well my sophomore year. And so by the time I got around to my junior year, man, I was ready and raring to go. What was cool about the team was is that the coach set the batting order based on how good of a hitter you were. And it was unusual. It's still unusual to this day, but the very best hitter on the team was the first batter. And the second best hitter was the second batter and onward down the line. And the reason that he did that was is that he wanted people to that were really good to get up as many times as they could. Well, anyway, so as a junior, I was the second best hitter. And the reason I was the second best hitter was because the first best hitter was a guy by the name of B.J. Kostick, and he was, he was amazing and uh, just a really, really great hitter. But all I wanted to do was to be the first hitter, not the second hitter. And you can tell by my attitude, by the fact that I, what I did when I was a freshman, which is incredibly sad, and now I've shared it with the world. But point is, I wanted to be the first best hitter. So anyway, we're playing a game uh, against a, a team called Norwich Tech, and I was up to bat, and 
the pitcher threw the ball and it came in really close to me and I backed away and the ball actually hit me. And the umpire called time and said, go to first base. And I went, no, 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 it didn't hit me. Now, you're not supposed to do that in baseball. Ever are you supposed to do that? And my coach who was coaching third base at the time goes, what are you doing? And I, of course, my natural reaction was I just wanted to get a hit because I knew if I got a hit, I would be one closer to B.J. Kostick and I'd have a chance to maybe be the first hitter and it completely lost track of everything associated with the team. Well, the umpire, when I said I didn't get hit, looked at me and said, okay, smart guy, get back in there again. Well, my coach was furious at me, absolutely furious. Well, needless to say, I got back in there. I swung, I grounded out, I think, to second base and made an out. And I don't even remember, remember whether the team won or not, but when the game was over on the bus ride on the way home, my coach laid into me in front of the entire team and said that he'd never seen a more horrific example of bad teamwork and someone that didn't have put the team in mind and had you know, put myself in front of everybody else. And it was, a, it was an incredibly shameful, awful, terrible, terrible time. Needless to say, I got my head together and got a little bit better perspective on what being a teammate was. But at that particular moment, the last thing in my mind was taking one for the team. And I learned a really, really important lesson. And so the title of today's message is Take One for the Team. And what I thought I would do is talk to you about teamwork. And, you know, successful teams depend on individual members who kind of understand their roles and responsibilities. And so I wanted to talk to you about what does it take to be a great team player? So if some of you are wondering why the heck do I want to listen to this guy talk about being a great team player when he just described what a horrific team player was, always remember that sometimes it's the people that do the worst things that you can end up learning the most from. So just kind of stay with me here. I promise it'll be good. Being a team player in a contact center is is so unlike sports teams. There, there are no star players and bench players. Everybody plays. So it's not like you're not a key contributor. You are because you've got a job and everybody plays. And so it's, it's really important that your contribution is then combined with everybody else's to produce a, a great team. And And there are three things that you need to do that make you not like I was when I was a sophomore in high school, but that make you a a great team player. And, And the first one is competency. Being a team player means making a solid and consistent contribution. And that starts with competency, right? Which means you have to leverage your strengths. There are things that you do well. There are areas that you excel in. And those are the areas that where you need to make a contribution, and those are the areas where you need to rise up and be the star on that particular issue. And so it's important that you understand what your strengths are, that you communicate those strengths to your your manager or you know, your leader, and that you become a part of the team by using your competency, the things that you're really good at, to help the team be stronger. And and the way that you do that is, is that you, you follow through, right? So you be someone that other people can count on. You know, establishing a position of reliability you know, is someone who can deliver what you promise, which means that, that the things that you're really good at, they know that they can come to you and you can either help them or lead the circumstance. And, and maybe you're really great at escalation or maybe you're really good at making a connection with your employees or you've figured out how to do a better job with attendance or adherence or 
you're in line with and understand the application better than most, or you've just got a feel for the pulse of the contact center of where things are going. You want to uh, you want to leverage your strength, and you want to be the kind of person that people can count on and so that they can work with you on those areas. It's also something that if you've got a competency that you have to continue to learn as well. So just make an ongoing commitment to expand your knowledge and skills. Keep pace with what's going on. And, you know, there's, a, there's an old saying that there's a, I use another sports analogy here. So uh, Peyton Manning was a great quarterback when he played. And and he spent very little time practicing running. He was a horrible runner, but he was probably one of the greatest passers that ever played in the NFL. So he spent a lot of time working on his passing. Sometimes we have a tendency with training to only look at focusing on the things that we're not very good at because we want to get better at them. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do that because you should, but you also want to take the things that you're really good at, that you have some competency in and work on those to get even better. Because sometimes the advancements that you can make to go from good to great is better than going from just average to good. So don't ever lose sight of that. And then finally, as, as a team player in the area of, of competency, you want to you want to radiate that confidence, right? You, you want to be a person that builds the organization up. Just have a can-do attitude. Create a positive environment for everyone. There was a, a, a pastor that I knew that used to have this thing where he would snap his finger. When somebody asked him to do something, he would snap his finger and he would say, happy to do it. And he was a happy to do it kind of a guy. He would just snap his finger and say, happy to do it. You want to be a person in your team when it comes to your competency that you're just happy to do it, happy to help out in any way that you can to contribute to your team, especially in your area of competency. Well, We've got competency. The next one up is you have to be someone that's willing to collaborate. And that's usually what most people think of when they think of teamwork is, you know, working with others, right? We're all going to work with others towards a common goal. Um, whenever you can do that, that's, uh, um, that's inspiring and fun. And you heard the adage that there is no I in team. There, there isn't an I in team, but there actually is an I in team if you look at it through your eyes, which is you being a part of the team. But but being a collaborator, being somebody that works along with other people, it can be challenging and because uh, you got to deal with different, different work styles and balance your personal well-being with the goals of the team. Because this is really all about your, your team members are not going to bring your paycheck home to help you with your family or just if you, if you live by yourself to just take care of yourself. And so, so your role in what you do and your capabilities and your talents and skills are critical to you being able to support yourself or support your family. So we need to be able to collaborate. So here's some things that you can do in collaboration. Well, first off, of course, is just to help others. If you're going to be someone that's really great at collaboration, you're going to be a team member, you want to be somebody that, that helps others. So be a place to go if somebody needs help. And don't ever lose sight of the fact that when when a member of your team wins, everybody wins, right? You can You can still compete and be a team player. And if you remember that when you help people, they'll help you as well. And of course, I talked to you about being someone that they can go to when it's your competency. I'm just talking about being able to help out in areas that where maybe it's not your competency. Maybe you could go do something for somebody else who has a competency in a different area that might allow them, free them up to go do something as well. It may be something you don't necessarily like to do. But you know that when you do that, you're putting the team in a better position to win. And if, if you help others, they'll help you. Another area of collaboration is to just take responsibility. 
take responsibility and hold yourself accountable for your actions. And, and the way you hold yourself accountable is, first off, is to acknowledge your mistakes promptly and explain what you're doing to resolve the situation. Nobody's perfect. When we take responsibility for our actions, it builds confidence with our team. And I'm not saying that you also need to be the kind of person that's running around holding other people accountable. That's not your job. It's your job to hold the people that work for you accountable, but it's not your job to hold other people on your team accountable. It doesn't mean that there aren't certain instances where you should, but I'm not asking you to be a tattletale and run around and say that George or Sally didn't do their job and and you're the person that runs around and tells everybody what they're doing wrong. I'm telling you to take responsibility to hold yourself accountable. Encourage others to hold them, themselves accountable. Don't hold somebody's mistake over them. If somebody makes a mistake, move on. You'd be happy to know that, that all of my teammates still talk to me after that. I went on to, uh, we went on to have a great season, and uh, obviously I, I apologized and asked forgiveness and was incredibly ashamed with what I'd done. But, but there are high school kids. They got over it. And just as a side note, B.J. Kostick was the number one hitter the entire year. I never moved out of second place because the good news is I didn't move down from second, but, um, but I never moved into first place. Third one is to share credit, right? Be, uh, praise others for their contribution. Be encouraging and appreciative of what other folks on your team is doing. It's okay to enjoy someone else's success. Uh, remember, they'll celebrate when it's your turn. So, so we've got helping others, taking responsibility, sharing credit. And I know this sounds simple, but just be kind. Work at treating others with kindness and respect. Nothing shows teamwork better than treating others well. Don't, don't forget to show compassion for yourself as well, right? You don't have to be a hard on you and really nice to everybody else. You can, be, you can be really nice to everybody else and give yourself a break as well when you don't do things right. I don't know whether you're the kind of person that wants to be a perfectionist or not, but, but if you are, give yourself a break, right? You're on a team. There's, there's a whole bunch of cogs in the wheel here. You don't have to be perfect all the time, but you can, you can certainly be kind to others and be kind to yourself as well. So if we've got competence and we've got collaboration, that must mean that the third part of this also begins with a C, and it is, and of course, and that is communication. And nothing builds teamwork better than great communications. And let's forget, not forget that we're a team filled with experts in communications. Strong communication skills enables you to add more value to your team. And remember, you've got a bunch of professional communicators that are leading a bunch of professional communicators. So this should be an area that should come naturally and should work. So here's some quick tips on communication. You know these. These are basic. But of course, basic things are things that you remember. So that's why they become basic and the things that we want to try to make sure that we do. So first off, listen closely. If you're going to be a great communicator, you need to be a listener first, right? God gave us two ears and one mouth. They gave that to us for a reason. Give your team members your full attention when they're talking. Don't be looking at your phone. Don't be distracted. Let them know that you care what they have to say because you're establishing eye contact, not creepy eye contact. Just make eye contact with them and show them that you're, that you're listening closely. If you're known as a great listener, whether it be with your team members or the people that work for you, that's a great position to be in. That's a nice thing to be known for. So second of all, exchange feedback. Get in, the, get in the mode of sharing candidly how things are going. And, and, and be open-minded and, and, and exchange suggestions and look for positive changes that you can do. Be thoughtful and generous. Share your, share your thoughts with other people. Share your feedback. When we 
when, when we listen and then we exchange and we talk, we, we create an environment that allows good ideas to flow and more, most importantly, bad ideas to get killed early. Be constructive, constructive in what you say. Think about what you're saying before you say it. You know, there's a, yeah, I know you've run into a lot of people that don't have a filter, right? Where they just tell you what they think, which sometimes you should tell people what you think and other times you'd be better off not saying anything at all. Uh, you know the term, um, you know, it's uh, better to be thought an idiot than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. So so speak constructively when you can. And of course, have a positive tone and and focus on on building people up and creating solutions rather than tearing people down. And of course, one of the best parts about communication is just have fun, right? Be the kind of person that one, that people want to be around and two, that when they are around you, you have fun. Look for ways to to enjoy your jobs. You know, work work isn't intended to be fun. It, it doesn't replace the fact that you're a skier or if you like to read books or go see movies, work's not intended to be that kind of fun, but it should be an environment where you can get together and have some fun. Well, there you have it. You've got communication, collaboration, and competency, all three things built together to create a great team player. And of course, as I started this, I want you to be very much not like me at all. I want you to be one that is willing to take one for the team. Listen, I know that you have the capacity to be a great leader. It simply requires some effort on your part and some diligence. And so why don't you just go ahead and become and be a great leader. I know you've got the capacity to do it. Just go for it. It was great to talk to you this week. I look forward to talking to you next week. Have a great week now. Bye-bye. You are being forwarded to the contact center coach.